What's up, everybody? Welcome to the East West Grind podcast. My name is Christine Silva, of course, and I am your host. Listen, guys, it's, it's been a few weeks, three or four. I've been getting emails and DMs. Where you at, East West? Sorry about the abrupt absence, my friends. We've had some visitors here in beautiful South Carolina. From back home, hashtag Bay Area. Raiders! Raiders are 3-0. And you know what, you guys? I don't give a fuck if they blow the season. I don't give two shits. Raider Nation. All day, every day. Hashtag loyalty. But listen, you guys. Family visits were fan-fucking-tastic. It's been good for my mental health. Seeing family. Listen, being away from home for the first time. Turns out, at any age, it's rough. Outside the comfort zone. Growth. So there's that. And on top of that, I am in full effect, full on this ankle physical therapy, getting back to life prior to that fall. That is the immediate goal. And that was some shit, you guys. Shoot! But now, I can really start to get back into that life pre-COVID. Because that's the goal, right? For everybody get back to life as as normal I mean I'm fucking standing and walking and dancing and moving like Snoop Dogg moving you hear the music right how can you not roll with that and that is exciting to me standing up and moving shit I'm back in the game you guys And let me tell you guys something, something else. Being out of commission for four or five months at 51 or whatever age for that matter does shit to your psyche. Depression, doubt, wonder. Will I ever get back to myself? God dang. So there's been, you know, Three, ten sets of emotions going on lately. Worry, homesick, fear, and now excitement. Excitement to begin that stretch to full recovery, back to normal life. And that takes up a lot of mental space and a lot of time. As it should, man. I'm trying to do it right. Forming a plan of how I'm going to get from A to Z. And Z is already in the books, you guys. 5K coming February in Vegas. It's at uh, St. Jude's Rock and Roll Marathon. And I'm already registered. 5K is definitely achievable, you guys. Baby steps to everything. You know what I mean? Let me give an example. 
pivot, pivot. Listen, when I was flipping restaurants that were, they weren't profitable, man. They had high turnover, high cost of goods. They called me the fixer. So for a staff of 40, to flip that shit and make it profitable, took me about three and a half, four months. Do the math here. Second pivot. We are a country of 340 million people. Half of them think one way. The other half thinks the other way. There's no bridge in sight. Or is there? Ladies and gentlemen, President Biden is currently liked and disliked by the Democrats and the Republicans. That right there, that's American politics. Working with both sides of the aisle, both parties. You both can't have everything you want. That's the middle. And that's how we used to be, man. We've lost sight of that. Today's Republicans are like, they're like, you're ugly, like they're 12. And the Democrats are like, they got their nose up, sticks and stones. Republican voters think, they think that the Democrats are all socialists and communists. They ain't. Listen, I am a Democrat and I am married to a woman. Why would I vote for communist policies? Do you guys even know what communism is? That is North Korea, Russia, Saudi Arabia, China. You can't be gay in those countries. Why would I vote for people who want communist policies? Why would I want to make life for myself harder? Think. Anyways, the Republican voters think that we're all socialists and communists. And the Democrats think the Republicans are all racists and KKK. They ain't that either. I mean, I'm in the Deep South, like Lindsey Graham Deep South. And we've been greeted and welcomed like family by strangers everywhere we go. That Southern hospitality, like I've been telling you guys, man, it is real. Be the bridge in the chaos. Be the bridge. Here's a bridge. I think both sides will jump on. More scholarships. Less student loans. I think everybody could agree on that. That is the starting point to the bridge. The majority of the country, the students are public school kids. Start with the kids. Parents love that. Put more money into public schools and public school programs in all the communities. Start with our poorest and work your way up. Remember, there are less than 10,000 charter schools in the U.S. 
and 50 million students. Somebody fact check me. That's a math equation, okay? So let's just be real. Most of the kids in America go to public schools. So vote for the guy voting for public schools, fighting for public schools. That's all our kids. Vote for that guy, okay? So that's where I've been and what I've been doing. And I got to be honest with you guys. I've been procrastinating, procrastinating on this episode and its topics and what I want to communicate to my listeners, to you guys who have been with us here at The Grind since day one. It's a tough episode, I'm telling you guys, as it's going to be, it's going to be our last one for, for, uh, I don't know, a few months, maybe longer. I'm not sure. But for me, right now, I need to spend time getting my health in order, mentally and physically, because it's a, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship between the two. Am I right? The mind, body, and soul connection, yeah, symbiotic. So that when I do re-enter the octagon of podcasting or where I land, wherever that may be, I'm not running around looking like Conor McGregor throwing out that first pitch. Dude, that was terrible, terrible. My sister's like 56 years old and she can nail you right in the forehead with a fastball. Bing, bang, boom. Was that a publicity stunt? I gotta wonder, because that was off, dude. That was way off, Connor. That was like kindergartner. No, that's like three-year-old off. Anyways, guys, (laughs) let's see what we got today. What I can, uh, let's see what I can muster up for this final hoorah hiatus episode of the, um, the East West Grind Podcast. Let's do this, my loves. All right, you guys, that is the intro for episode 42, our hiatus episode. I hope everybody is good and, you know, doing their part to get back to life as it was. I mean, if you're, you know, for, especially for, you know, different age groups, the older generations, 18 months is, that's a lot of time. You know, if you're a teenager or in your twenties, it's not so much of a, you know, big deal. It's a blip, you know, your life really hasn't even started yet. So I just feel like it's important to you know, get back to the, to the good normals of pre-COVID and, you know, to leave the, the shitty habits of our, of our norms as a society in the past where they were. So prior, prior to COVID. So, um, you know, some of the things I'm going to talk about today are probably going to be old news to some of you guys, especially because, you know, I know I've been out for like three and a half weeks, but I still have opinions on shit. So at this point though, if you're the guy or guys, If you're trying to 
like beat up or tie up the school principal or elected council or school board members like these fucking assholes right here I'm about to play. You guys are not living in reality. Ash, please, sir. And continuing coverage now of an incident that ended with police getting called to the Vail Elementary School. Uh, Yesterday, a parent was told his son could not attend a field trip because he was exposed to COVID-19. Shortly after, the parent showed up to the school office, and that's when things began to escalate. Nine on your side's Greg Bradbury spoke to the principal at the center of it all. I felt threatened. My assistant and I were, were scared, and he and his, you know, there were three large men in my office. I felt violated, you know. Diane Vargo says yesterday was a difficult day for her. The longtime principal at Mesquite Elementary School was trying to explain to a parent that his son had to quarantine because of a COVID-19 exposure, but she couldn't get through. But in order for our school to remain open, we have to follow Pima County Health Department. And I tried to explain that. I could He didn't want to hear it. Vargo says the parent had two other men show up to her office, one of them carrying heavy-duty zip ties. They were claiming that we were breaking the law. They were saying that um, they were going to arrest us. She asked them to leave, but they refused. Vargo and her assistant then left the office and called the police. Before TPD could arrive, the group had left. Now support for the principal is coming in from all over. And the reason why I'm so emotional is because there's an, there's an overwhelming support from the community. And to be quite honest, from the nation. So, When did this become okay for three dads or moms to bum rush the principal with orders of how they are going to run the school or how they are going to run the health department? Dude brought zip ties to tie these women up and arrest them. You ain't the cops, motherfucker. Hashtag Trayvon Martin. You don't work at the school or the local health department. These school officials take direction from the county and the state. The principal is following their guidelines. And you think you could just walk up in there all crazy? Now all three of you guys got restraining orders on you. Some went to jail, all for some crazy rights that you think you have above everybody else. See how fucked up your sources got you? And I say good. Enjoy jail. Enjoy those records you're going to have moving forward, fools. Anyways, in my absence over the past three weeks or so, I've been catching up on emails and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with that. And I wanted to read some to you. Check this one out. How dare you disrespect Mayor Lily May of Fremont, California, your hometown, and Mayor London Breed of San Francisco? And how dare you disrespect Ro Khanna? Dot, dot, dot. The email goes on to say, Jaime Zepeda and Aisha Wahab are crooks. Your senator picks have no chance. That's Walter in Milpitas. Hey, fuck you, Walter, okay? Let me tell you something, sir. Show me one police record or scam from Jaime Zepeda. Point me to your proof 
And listen carefully, friends. This is how conspiracies or lies get started. Democrats, you guys, you guys need to deal with this shit. This is way out of control, way out of control. Get out in front of this and squash it before it catches legs. When it involves anybody, but right now it's involving Aisha and Jaime. So this shit right here is what I'm talking about. Jaime Zapata and Aisha Wahab are crooked. This is how it starts, Walter in Milpitas. Like I said earlier, find me one piece of legitimate paper. Not one that you just went home and typed shit up on and said, here, here. No, 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 that doesn't work. Find me one piece of legitimate paper that says Jaime Zapata is a crook, or he's been to jail, or he's burned some of the businesses he's dealt with over the decades with his family businesses. Show me one crooked or fraudulent piece of paper, again, legitimate piece of paper, that says Aisha Wahab burned the people of Hayward, California, because she's a Hayward City um, council member. I think she's... She's out there in Hayward, but I think she's like an acting mayor right now. I don't know. I haven't been, you know, really keeping up, but I know she's hot right now. You know, it's like people are really getting to know her and Jaime. I've been hearing a lot about both of them, but Walter, show me how these two individuals are crooks. You can't. The proof doesn't exist. And here you are, Mr. Walter trying to start rumors to me and God knows who else that these two candidates for state Senate seat 10 in the Bay Area, that they're crooks. And you're how daring me with Lily May and Ro Khanna and London Breed? Okay. Hold on. Let me calm my shit right now. Let me get my, I'm just fucking around. I'm having fun. It's my last one for a minute. Whatever, whatever. But this is a teachable moment, Walter. So I'm going to teach you something. Here's how you present facts. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm married to one. But as a, just as, as a regular individual, I have common sense, Walt. All right? So here's how I justify calling out Lily May and them, Breed and Kana. You can call it disrespect. But these are our elected officials. This is what democracy is. I have the right to call them out for their shade when shade is displayed, especially since you've just called Jaime Zapata and Aisha Wahab shady, right? With no proof. With no proof. Okay. So let me teach you something. Walt, East Bay Times, for example, a respected local newspaper, in the Bay Area, writes about how Lily May paid campaign finance violations. And you can find these articles, I mean, not these articles, but these shows where I've exposed and talked about the, you know, the fines that Lily May and London Breed have paid in the past five, six, seven episodes. You can, you know, just track it back. That'll give you a little bit more information. But uh, campaign finance violations, that's taking money or a gift without reporting it. A quid pro quo, possibly. And if it's not a quid pro quo, why not report all the donations you received as mayor so that the citizens of Fremont can check and balance your ass, Madam Mayor? Same articles can be found about campaign finance violations 
Same articles can be found on London Breed out there in San Francisco. Again, I talked about it in past episodes. And listen, don't try to rob Ford me about the local papers, okay? I trust my local papers more so than I do anything else. The Mercury News, the East Bay Times, San Francisco Chronicle. Is the Argus still around? I don't know. But those journalists are local and they know their communities. So please don't try and tell me that they are fake or making shit up. Again, don't you pull that Rob Ford shit on me, fool. I got sucker written across my forehead. Nah, that ain't me. That is not me. Anyways, those articles I just mentioned about Lily May and London Breed, those are called receipts. Those articles informing the Bay Area of May and Breed's campaign finance violations, receipts, proof, required for accusations. Anyways, let's wrap up this town business back in the Bay Area. Speaking of London Breed... Mayor Breed just made national news again. It's our anniversary. Yes, she did. Mayor Breed. It's our anniversary. Anyways... National news for violating her own city ordinances and partying up with her girls at a Tony Tony Tone concert. And you know what? Fuck it, Ash. Let it play, man. This is good. It's our anniversary. Listen, though, I'm going to give Mayor Breed, I'm going to give her a pass, man, because I don't blame her. If I was home, I'd have hit that shit, too. It's our anniversary. Why is Ro Khanna's name in my mouth? Because he knew Mayor Lily May in Fremont had those campaign finance violations and he endorsed her for that state senate run. Again, go back five episodes. But how do you put your name behind a mayor that has paid those types of fines as a mayor and who is running for a Senate seat? How do you put your name behind someone like that, Congressman? I can't get an answer out of you. Nobody's asking you that question but me. And this morning, Congressman Khanna was on The New Abnormal with Molly Jong Fast and Rick Wilson. Although Rick Wilson, he doesn't really do the show anymore. But Molly Jong Fast, she didn't ask the Congressman shit about endorsing a crook like Lily May. She just asked him, you know, what do you think about this or what do you think about that? And the new abnormal has some heavy, 
heavy-hitting politicians and celebrities on, and they didn't ask him shit. See, the right doesn't call their side out, and the left doesn't call their side out either. It's all political theater. They don't care about the truth or the crimes their own side is found guilty of. And that's what disgusts me and most everyday Americans about politics. Sidebar, I told a friend of mine the other day, if society was a car, there are maybe five, six generations living today, most of which can vote. First time in history, I think. But there are two generations of people alive, working, voting, that are looking in the rear view mirror, wanting things to go back to the way that they know and the times that they were raised in as what was normal. And there are two generations of people looking in the windshield going, fuck you, Gramps. We're taking the world this way and we ain't looking back. There's no real compromise, only yelling and fighting and name calling. If society was a car, there is nobody parallel parking, except for maybe, you know, Bill Maher. I'm going to go on a break right now. I'm going to see in about 10 minutes. I love these uh, final thoughts or final words or whatever he calls them on Bill Maher. But um, I'm going to see in about 10 minutes. Uh, Parallel Parkers. And finally, new rule. The only time there should be two national anthems is when the other team is from Canada. (laughs) This season, the NFL has added Lift Every Voice and Sing, commonly known as the Black National Anthem, to the Star Spangled Banner before games. And two weeks ago, I opined that it was fine to get rid of the old anthem. We just shouldn't have two. Now, if you watch this show for opinions and you want to know what the correct opinion on the anthem is, that's it. <laughs> that's the correct one. We shouldn't have two. The program The View last week devoted a lot of time to this while somehow avoiding what I actually said. It seemed to be a lot about a need to school me on the black national anthem itself. Whoopi Goldberg said we need two anthems because, quote, we're having to re-educate people. Because nothing ever goes wrong when you start talking about (laughs) re-education. Just ask Chairman Mao. Maybe we can set up some sort of camp. Now, (laughs) I don't believe we should enforce patriotism by singing anything. And if there's one thing I hate more than groupthink, it's audience participation. But I am what you might call an old-school liberal who was brought up with the crazy idea that segregating by race is bad. That's what I was talking about. And, And again, when it comes to an anthem, it doesn't have to be the one we currently use, but it has to be just one. You know, because it's a national anthem. And symbols of unity matter. And purposefully fragmenting things by race reinforces a terrible message that we are two nations hopelessly drifting apart from each other. 
That's not where we were even 10 years ago, and it's not where we should be now. Where we should be now is here. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. Oh, yeah, that guy. Timothy Askew, a professor at Clark Atlanta University, wrote an entire book about Lift Every Voice and Sing. And he said, to sing the black national anthem suggests that black people are separatist and want to have their own nation. This means that everything Martin Luther King Jr. believed about being one nation gets thrown out the window. Thanks, Professor. You'll be hearing from Whoopi. (laughs) But he's right. If we have two anthems, why not three or five? Why not a woman's anthem, a Latino anthem, a gay, trans, indigenous peoples, an Asian Pacific Islander anthem? Because I'm not dealing with you, I'm not speaking to you, is not a way you can run a country. And most people of all backgrounds understand that already and don't even want to try to do it that way. I'm not out of step. Believing in separate but equal, that's out of step. By 67 years. It was 67 years ago, in 1954, when the Supreme Court handed down their landmark Brown versus Board of Education ruling, which said, separate but equal isn't what we do here. We decided we're going to try to make this work together. And yet a recent survey of 173 colleges found that 42% offer segregated residences, 46% offer segregated orientation programs, 72% host segregated graduation ceremonies. Well, congratulations, liberal parents. You just paid 100 grand for your kid to move to Biloxi, Mississippi in 1948. I... I thought the whole point of going off to college was to be exposed to people from different backgrounds who may not share all your opinions, but you find a way to get high with them. I mean, we're a nation that professes diversity as our strength, but now half the kids' dorm rooms are determined by racial purity? The University of Michigan-Dearborn thought it would be super progressive to set up one virtual cafe for people of color and a separate one for white people. You see what I mean about becoming so woke you come back out the racist side? (laughs) The University of Ohio suggested a gym for minorities only. I have a hard time believing that the vast majority of African Americans care That in private conversations, they're saying, ooh, I just can't stand doing squats in front of white people. (laughs) Really? We can't even go to the gym together? Because what's next? What follows? Separate dorms, anthems, ceremonies, cafes, gyms, separate neighborhoods? That was redlining. They wouldn't let black people live in the town where I grew up. 
than they did. The word for that is progress. It's where the term progressive comes from. Most Americans, including nearly 80% of African Americans, want to live in racially diverse neighborhoods. The black silent majority seems to be behind the idea that you can't have a melting pot with two pots. Yes, America was born from the original sin of slavery, and redress for that is certainly still in order, but not at the cost of destroying a country that most black people now have found a decent life in, with a relatively high standard of living and don't want to lose, and balkanizing our nation will certainly cause us to lose it. We need to stop regarding this new woke segregation as if it's some sort of cultural advancement. It's not. Ask Yugoslavia. The people of Sarajevo, Muslim, Catholic, and Orthodox, lived side by side for nearly a century. It hosted the Olympics in 1984. Ten years later, it looked like this. Countries do disintegrate into madness when they indulge their separatist tendencies. Hutu slaughtering Tutsis in Rwanda, Catholics and Protestants in Ireland, Sunnis and Shiites in Iraq, Hindus and Muslims in Kashmir, Everyone in Afghanistan and that one Jew. (laughs) We need to unite as one nation who come together and sing one anthem always out of key. Alex and Newman, what are your thoughts on J.D. Vance? What's up, Alex? That, well, that was the end of it. Uh, just what's your thoughts on J.D. Vance? But uh, what's up, Alex? Here, well, let me just go over what I think about J.D. Vance, okay? Let me just pull that up real quick here. Let's talk about J.D. Vance, all right? I say hell no. That motherfucker is a fame whore who is intentionally lying to his working class, addicted family, and to the community to which he came from. He's intentionally holding them down by misinforming them. J.D. Vance is a person of trust in his hometown of Middleton, Ohio, and he is knowingly standing with policies that squeeze resources to help people in poor and addicted communities. He is making it harder for people like him from where he came from. He's making it harder for them to rise up to even start the process, to even get the resources, because he's voting with Republicans that don't want those. They're about pulling your bootstraps up, man. Pull it up by the bootstraps. Sometimes people need help. Sometimes communities need help up. And why would J.D. Vance vote against that? It's like voting against his own family and his own community. Now that he's a millionaire, I mean, he knows the truth. He was against Donald Trump when his book and movie came out. He was on all the political shows 18 months ago with Hillbilly Elegy. And he was all about how terrible Trump was for the poor community back home in Middleton, Ohio. Listen, you guys, Trump did nothing for Middleton, Ohio. Middletown. Middleton, Middletown. Middle T-O-W-N. Middletown, Ohio. In fact, 
Drug abuse and overdoses and poverty went up in Middletown, Ohio, and everywhere else under a President Trump. Those are facts. Go look. Nobody but the wealthy prospered under a President Trump. And side note, check the Associated Press. Go back to, I don't know, 2017, 2018. That's not that long ago when the farmers had to be bailed out and so many small farms went under. Farmer suicide rates went up. Trump was playing games. Those are the facts. And I'm looking at these Trump rallies because I watch them. I watch. I'm looking at these Trump rallies like in Georgia yesterday, the other day. Young people and farmers. Farmers. What are you guys doing? This guy burned you once already. Don't go to his rallies, my friends. Don't spend your money on his paraphernalia. I live amongst farmers now. Super, super nice people. Respectable, hardworking Americans. We need these guys, man. I like my vegetables. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, man. That's how we roll. But farmers, come on, you guys. Don't let your kids go down there and think he's, you know, acceptable presidential behavior. Don't do that to the future generations. Watch his rallies. It's like a WWE event or a Kager party. That's not politics, my man. That is a show. To everybody old enough, think back to uh, like a JFK. Who was before JFK? Eisenhower, I think. I talked to a woman out here who is 103 years old. Let's call her Miss Jenkins. And she can remember a Calvin Coolidge presidency. All growth depends upon activity. There is no development physically or intellectually without effort. And effort means work. End quote. That is President Calvin Coolidge, 1923 to 1929. What does presidential look like from your childhood? It looks like a Jimmy Carter in my earliest memory, the peanut farmer, presidential. It's a look. It's dignified. It is my fellow Americans. It is steady and poised. Hashtag Barack Obama. But we put a reality TV WWE guy with three baby mamas into the Oval Office. That's like voting for Honey Boo Boo's mom to be president. Why would we do that? Okay, back to the farmers and J.D. Vance. Let's tie this up because I don't like that guy. Under Trump, we got into chicken fights with uh, other world leaders. Xi Jinping crippling our farmers, which of course crippled us at the stores. That was the farming bailout. It was only four years ago or so. Unless you're a kid, you remember four years ago, don't you? Farmers got fucked under Trump. And then J.D. Vance is flipping to a pro-Trump candidate to run for the Senate seat in Ohio. He's a lawyer. He's a writer. Senators have to have, they have to deal with world leaders and representatives. What's J.D. Vance know about treaties or, or foreign policy, about managing budgets in the multi-millions of dollars of your tax money? Not a fucking thing does he know. Ohio, why would you, why would you vote for him? J.D. Vance has done nothing 
for the poverty and the drugs that are going on in his part of the country. But he's a multimillionaire now. But what's he done for his community? You can watch his movie and see where he came from. That's like, no offense, that's like Trailer Park, you know, where, where he came from. And, I, and again, I, I know people, I didn't come from that world, but I, I know people, I respect people that uh, come from that world. And there's a lot of drugs in that uh, community. Those are just facts. And I'm, again, I'm not putting anybody down. But J.D. Vance is a millionaire now, multimillionaire. You'd think he'd want to help or support the community from which he came from. And I looked to see if there was anything out there, any articles in his, in his community that he had done something to help his community. I couldn't find shit. But you know what I can find? Articles and articles of people like LeBron James and Steph Curry, Marshawn Lynch, building schools and plunking their own money back into the communities from which they came from. Hell yes, Colin Kaepernick. Take that knee, sir. Hashtag Turlock. But my grandfathers served in World War I and II. My uncles in Vietnam, cousins in Desert Storm. And they fought for you guys and everybody else to be able to take that knee, to rise up and speak your mind and demand equality in the most powerful country in the world. And they fought for me to be able to stand next to my wife, even though they couldn't comprehend the idea or the concept. Hashtag the cycle. But that is freedom. And they fought for me to be able to stand in front of this mic here today and express my disdain for what our country has become over the past five years and to each other from within. I cannot believe the fucking crazy cases being made to stop progression. Tom Hanks eats babies. That's, that's what a lot of people on, on the Republican side think. Tom Hanks eats babies and drinks their blood. Come on, you guys. The guy from Splash and Big, the Burbs, that guy eats babies. Think about how crazy that sounds, my friends. Okay, back to J.D. Vance. That is the side that J.D. Vance is on right now. He's with those guys. I got to question his, uh, you know, his sense, his common sense. I got to question his, like, What's he doing? Why are you doing this, dude? I don't get you. Anyways, back to J.D. Vance, a multimillionaire running to be a senator and asking the people of Ohio to send their money to him. For what? He doesn't know what he's doing. And he just got $10 million, I think it was this year, a lot, beginning of the year, I don't know, he got $10 million from the PayPal asshole, uh, Peter Teagle, Teagle, whatever. Why do we vote Actors to political seats. Why do we do that? We need people who actually want to help the public and help their fellow man, not pretend to be cyborgs, hashtag Dan Crenshaw, and want to be action figures, hashtag Teddy Daniels. And then we've got Big Marge posting workout videos all the time, chasing down uh, politicians on the left like she's some. What's wrong with her? What is wrong with you, lady? I mean, these are congresswomen. How did she get to office? She's stalking 
congresswomen on the right going to their meetings, creating a ruckus just to get on TV. What is wrong with you? Why do we want dumb shit like this in our political leaders? Where's the dignity? These guys don't care about anybody but starting shit and arguing with other elected officials. How's that helping struggling Americans? 70% of households in America today are paycheck to paycheck. That's not right. It was over 50% pre-pandemic. How are you guys missing this? How are people missing this? It's affecting you. Anybody out there living paycheck to paycheck? Raise your hand. I want elected officials that when you rise, you take that hand and you reach back to whomever is willing to grab it. One person, an entire community, it don't matter. Officials that are committed to supporting their communities through community outreach, investing in the people of those communities, whatever. You take a step up, you bring those people with you. Those are the type of politicians we need. Katie Porter, Adam Kinzinger, Aisha Wahab, Jaime Zapata. They care about their communities. J.D. Vance is not that guy, you guys. Sorry, Ohio. Your boy ain't got your back. Sarah in Palm Springs. Hey, Christine. Who is Doug? Was that Sarah? Anyways, thank you, Sarah. Who is Doug? Doug is Sam's father. You got to go back to the beginning to check that out, okay? That'll, that'll reveal everything. All right, let's move into the asshole of the week. It's got to be. It's got to be Joe Rogan. Why? I'll tell you why. And let me tell you about the music you hear in the background. <laughs> I want to inspire you guys to believe with me that Joe Rogan is a complete asshole. Because he is. I believe so. This dude's got a huge platform. And he's clearing the way for a bunch of people who believe he knows what he's talking about with vaccines. I took ivermectin, bro, and my symptoms went away. Shit. COVID treatments and politics. What's this guy doing? What are you doing, sir? Last month, six weeks ago, I don't know what it was. But I told you guys, don't listen to Joe Rogan. Don't get your political or your medical information. None of that from this guy. His sources are people like Ben Shapiro and Alex Jones. He gave that fucking psycho a platform. Joe Rogan is the Scott Baio of the Gen X generation. Except Joe Rogan never got accused of rape. Hashtag Aaron Moran. And Joe Rogan has managed to stay relevant his entire career in sports and entertainment. Sports and entertainment, you guys. Not medical, not political, not journalism. People need to be taking that kind of information, that kind of shit from him. Take it with a grain of salt because it's not his field. It's not his field of expertise. MMA, that's him. And son of a hoe, man, if Joe Rogan 
didn't make national news the other day by catching COVID, so he says. And then he took ivermectin, a horse dewormer, horse drugs like PCP. PCP is addictive. And since the FDA has reined in Vicodin and Oxy because of the overdose rates and addiction rates, pills are hard to come by. Don't try to talk to me about how there are two versions of ivermectin. Bullshit. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna argue about it. Calvin in Napa. I'll just place the warning notice from the FDA, the United States Food and Drug Administration, titled, Why You Should Not Use Ivermectin to Treat or Prevent COVID. Again, articles in the show notes. But are you guys gonna are you guys gonna trust the advice of the FDA or Joe Rogan? That's a serious question, you guys. And because I have to ask that question, Joe Rogan, you are a fucking asshole, man. Damn, that is not right. What are you doing, man? All right, you guys, let's roll out of here with today's sponsor. Take it away, Ash. What's up, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by me. That's right. You heard it correctly. Me. Folks, my name is Christine Silva, and I am proudly, proudly my mother's daughter. Happy heavenly birthday, Ma. And as the sponsor of this East-West Grind podcast, let me tell you guys something. When I started this podcast, I started it to help pull me from a dark place. And I made a commitment to myself. Whatever the content, truth. Because that's how you get through it, man. You got to tell the truth. And that's what I got to do. For me, for my friends, hashtag fan5, for my family, for my community, for the working class of America, I committed to not selling out my vision of bringing truth to the overworked and underpaid American working class just like myself. And I committed to speaking truth to power and to communicate that message, however bad or good it looked, on both sides. Truth. Truth. No amount of money was going to get me to change my position. I ain't no sellout. Never have been, never will be. No thank you, sirs. This is how I roll. So back to the grind I go. Proudly. Because that's what the working class of America is, man. We are scrappy. We are survivors. We make shit happen. So I say, bring it on. 
And if your values don't align with my values equals we are one, the united, the united, united is one, the United States of America. If you are not one with one, we ain't on the same team, bro. And that's okay. Because I need my sleep at night. So I will pass. I got to do what feels right for me. And when I do come back, in whatever form it looks like, I promise you guys, my mission is still the same. To communicate to the working class Americans information that'll help them make better choices in their elected officials, in business, fuck, in life. Through sharing my own life experiences and trials and tribulations, sharing ideas in hard times, that human connection. It's about the people for me. Always has been, always will be. All right, guys, thanks for riding this East West grind with me. I'll be back right now. I got to prepare for that hustle. Bobby Hall, this bright future. Finally, guys, the man, Steve Jobs. Cheers to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of the rules. They have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see them as the geniuses. Because the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world, they're the ones who do. Peace and love, everybody. I got your back.